0: You're drowned by my perfect fire My perfect life Ark the Herald angels sing (laughs) Welcome to the Lanky
1: Guys That's the most British opening we've (laughs) 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 had Yeah, and we filmed two episodes from Britain
0: Yeah, filmed, recorded (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I don't know what you were filming, but um, I'm in my pajamas right now I'm not (laughs) I'm in a pair of uh, khakis Sort of they're like, you know, you, you know what those look like? Those look like, um, yeah, my, my, like hearts Yeah, they're like, not. Yeah, they're Mont Bell. They're Mont Bell. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like Ma Bell, we got ill communication. Like Ma Bell got the ill communication. Is that a thing? Ma Bell. Yeah, that's after ill communication by the Beastie Boys. Oh. I used to listen to that album like over and over as I was a dishwasher in high school. You were a dishwasher? I, at the Bonnie Bray Tavern. Really, in high school? In high school, man, I loved it because I loved being a dishwasher. I was a dishwasher in two different places. Wow! And um, when I was there, it was one of them was this like super fancy pants um, um, uh, seafood restaurant called Starfish Ooh. down in Cherry Creek.
1: Oh, Cherry Creek.
0: And, um, dude, Sorry, though, I meant it really. <laughs> thanks for mocking no, me I just didn't, like roundly no, in front of, no. in front of, in front of, of everybody, of in front of everybody. I feel funny, no. but dude, all the smells and the, like, it was always like this beautiful food and it did was you ever so... eat
1: anything off of, did you ever scrape things off of the plates and Heck eat them? Heck
0: yes. <laughs> totally legal, dude. But when you're, when they're sending back, I mean like, like one bite oh, yeah. of that food. Is oh, that's like, ridiculous. I'm surprised they even made it to you. Yeah, I also worked at a place called Mel's Bar and Grill, and I remember oh, one, night, one night, there was some mussels that came back, and oh, I'd never tried them, no. uh-uh. and I went for them, and then Mm-mm. every time mussels came back, I ate them, and I'd never had shellfish Mm-mm. in my life. And, no, that's a bad idea. And I called them, and I was like, I've got food poisoning. I think they just mocked me in their hearts. Oh, at least it wasn't out loud. Yeah, no, no, So that's no. something. You guys, welcome to the po- uh, the podcast. <clears throat> yeah, thanks. We're the Word on the Hill. This thanks is for, for like having you me. Guys, I'm Father Peter Moss. I'm Scott Powell. And uh, we hope you had a very, very Merry Christmas. A Merry Christmas to all.
1: And, and uh, to all a good night.
0: Thank you, Tiny Tim. <laughs> well, today is the a Feast of the Holy Family.
1: Feast of the Holy Family. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. I like that the Mission the Conference points out who the Holy Family is. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph.
0: Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, which is really cool because in one of the Eucharistic prayers, uh, in all the Eucharistic prayers, if you have have you uh, Mary mentioned, you can add Saint Joseph, her spouse. Oh, really? Yeah, Saint Joseph. Give is, me
1: an example. Para ejemplo.
0: Um. Para ejemplo. Um. Uh. And so we worship you with uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Saint Joseph, her spouse, oh, and all the blessed cool. angels and saints, cool who worship around your throne. That's the second Eucharistic prayer. Oh, or something good for like that. Joseph;
1: he just gets the shaft most weeks. I, I know.
0: Mean, well, we have a couple of options for our reading today. So yeah. many options. <laughs> and so, um, the first reading, we you, and we're
1: let's just say we just kind of. So I think every one of the readings this week has various options, two to three options. So we just kind of went through the list and we just sort of picked the ones that we want to talk about. So there's a possibility that none of these readings will actually show up in your mass. That's theoretically possible, right? That is,
0: theory- uh, except for we- Luke. Like, we're going to do the long form of Luke. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And so you could get the shorter version of it. So there's a long name. form and short form. So that's the only the one The short form is really short. Yeah, like, that's like...
1: By the way, did you hear on Sunday? So
0: yesterday at Mass,
1: we're recording this on Monday, but the second reading was pretty short. And did you hear Samuel pretty loud? And he's like, oh, that was
0: short. <laughs> I know I did.
1: That's awesome, though.
0: <laughs> actually, it was really funny because I actually had the same experience at Mass. And I was like, oh, that was short. No, like, like, it was. That's nice. So yeah. our, our first reading, you could choose between Sirach or Genesis. And we're going with Genesis 15, 1 through 6. Uh, with a jump to 21, 1 through 3.
1: I have to say, this is a strange choice of passages (laughs) to have picked out and put together. Yeah. Because there's an awful lot of context that ain't here. (laughs) So we'll talk about that soon.
0: Yep. And then our psalm, there is no choice on the psalm.
1: Yes, there is. Shoot, I had a choice.
0: (laughs) Well, tell me what your are choice. My choice is Psalm 105, 1 through 9.
1: The Bishop's Conference uh, gives Psalm 128 as a possibility as well. Oh, okay. But I, I... wanted to talk about Psalm 105. So Psalm 105, our second reading. <laughs> <laughs> Father Peter is a little bit of a cold.
0: So you probably heard that in the background. Yeah, I'm, that's try, all right. I'm trying to move the microphone like far away from me. Uh, we
1: all a... really appreciate it. That was actually very, very... Our second reading is coming from, again, there's a couple... Well, there's three options for this one. But we've chosen uh, Colossians 3, verses 12
0: through 21. Yeah. Am I right? You were right. Am I right? Uh, you're right. And then you could go to the shorter version of Colossians or Hebrews... We didn't choose that. No. Um, then the Gospel, of other Peter. We're going to be um, going the long form of Luke 2:22 to 40.
1: 2:22 to 40. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Sorry, Versus 2:22, 39
0: to 40, which is like, that's like three verses, dude. The, uh, the short oh, form. Oh, the other like, one, the
1: short form. That's what made me think of Samuel, saying that in Mass, seeing how short <laughs> that was. Um. Well, neat. Let's uh, jump in, eh? Jump any other, in. Any other pleasantries we have to do?
0: Um, I just, I don't think we do. I just uh, have to say that um, a shout out to um, I don't remember. Oh shoot, i was supposed to remember somebody, but I I haven't looked at my email. So. That
1: kid who came up to you after mass
0: and said oh his God. dad
1: made him listen, and he fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry that. <laughs> yeah,
0: he said he said yeah, I basically fell asleep. He says somebody I,
1: actually I, took the time to come point out that his dad made him listen to the podcast, and then he fell asleep
0: and and the and, the, and it was Sunday. and it was unapologetic which actually really made me happy. It <laughs> makes was, me so happy. I was like, oh dude, that's the best. Like I could just so see my dad making me have to listen to something like this as well. Yeah. And like you're just young. I my we had a family rosary when I was a kid and my dad would like give catholic lessons and like dude, I could not stay awake for that thing. I mean that's why when I said told my family that I was going to become a priest. I bet they couldn't believe it. They were like, well, You're they were like, what?" on a certain sense, it made sense to them because I was always a little bit pious. But like on a certain a sense. A little bit pious. They they, they were really? also like, I just kind of avoided all things religious with yeah. my family.
1: Yeah, that's so, fair. So
0: kids, don't do that. Don't just, do it. Just go be priests. It'll do it. Good. Be priests. All of you. Except those of you who have to have children who will be priests.
1: Yep. Um. Okay. Um,
0: oh, Sorry about my nose. My, you my
1: pages are falling again,
0: uh, dude. You're like the organist on the Saturday Night Live skit on our Facebook page. Oh,
1: that was funny, real funny. And you brought it up at Mass too. I did. I said well you done. have
0: to watch that. Well played. <laughs> well played. Genesis. Okay, so 15, Genesis 15, one 2, six. Uh, Twenty one. One three. Uh, <laughs> so
1: this is really a uh, okay. I respect what the church has done, how she's brought this together. Here's the problem with the church. <laughs> <laughs> no, that That's no, never a great way no, to start anything, bro. The problem is us, though. Well, really, it's you. Oh. The problem is that the church assumes in all these readings either that we know or that we're going to hear preached upon the context that actually surrounds these things. So that... I mean, here's the the, the thing, you know, when the ancient Jews and Jesus would do this, when Jesus would go around and teach, one of the Jewish traditions was you'd throw out a line or two of scripture and everyone would know the context. And so it would be sort of a a memory device tool to throw out, you know, when he's on the cross, when he's, when he's dying and he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? No one is debating whether or not Jesus has fallen into despair. They know, oh, he's quoting Psalm Psalm 69 and the whole thing is caught, is, is brought to mind. So like... When we sit around quoting movie quotes, you know what I mean. We, you can't handle the truth. Yeah. When we say that, everyone has a few. What is it, a few good men, right? If, yeah, everyone yeah. sees Jack Nicholson in their heads, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the same way scriptures would work. So it's it's hard in the state that we are kind of theologically in the church that there's these amazing passages that are thrown out that kind of get looked over because we don't remember the story and remember the context. Yeah, like
0: vote for Pedro, you know?
1: Vote for Pedro. Yeah, very (laughs) good. (laughs) It is kind of a downfall that we've taken from the ancients to what we quote (laughs) now.
0: To to vote for Pedro.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Genesis 15, chapter 15 of Genesis is really kind of a turning point in the whole book of Genesis. This is when God really establishes his covenant with Abram. So Abram has been sort of, uh, you know, Abram's whole life, it starts in about chapter 12, his story. And it's really this, it, it's, I had a friend, Tom Smith, who we both know, used to say it was like a, his story is like a heart monitor. It's just the constant up and down. You know, sometimes he's faithful, sometimes he's fearful, sometimes he's faithful, sometimes he's terrible. One time he tries to sell his wife off as his sister. And, you know, and he's, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's him. Now this is, uh, this is actually, ironically enough, this is the first time that Abram speaks in the whole story. He oh. actually doesn't speak until now. Oh. And the first thing he says is is kind of half sarca- sarcastic. <laughs> so here's what's been going on. Isn't that
0: humanity right Isn't there? Isn't
1: that humanity? So in chapter 12, God came to Abram and said, I want you to leave your, your house and your home and your land and your kin, and I want you to travel to a country that God will show you. So in, in other words, start moving and God will show you where you're going. Yep. So he does that. He's faithful. He takes his wife. Him and his wife are old. And they really want children desperately. That's what he wants. He wants an heir, right? Yep. So they don't have it. They're moving. They're trusting the Lord, and at very, you know, at one point he goes into Egypt like he's not supposed to. He passes his wife off as his sister, which he's not supposed to do. He gives the whole house of of Pharaoh a disease, which he's not supposed to do. It's it's a mess. Yeah. So it's lots of ups and downs. Now at this point, um, God's God comes to Abram and he says this: the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Fear not, Abram, for I am your shield. Now this is one of those points that Abram is starting to fall into fear and, and maybe even a little bit of despair because he's saying, Okay, I've been following God for a while now. It's been a long time. He's promised me children. I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing this land he's going to give me. What is going on here? I'm stuck out in the desert all by myself. Um, this actually comes right after the, the whole battle with uh, the kings and Melchizedek came out and that whole thing. Remember okay. yeah, so is right, That's yeah. where we are. Yeah. And so God says, "I am your shield, and I will make your reward very great." But Abram said, and again, this is the first time he speaks, "O oh Lord God, what good will your gifts be if I keep on being childless? If I have So, he's saying, okay, that's great. You keep saying you're going to bless me. Super. I don't care about being blessed because I need heirs. I need someone to pass down this blessing to so that doesn't mean anything And he's
0: like and and we're gonna give all
1: this stuff to eliezer well it's like he's making a deal he's like well okay there's there's this guy in my household eliezer he's he's a decent guy maybe he can be the heir maybe that's who god is talking about that my heir is supposed to be and so god comes back he's like no 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 it's not gonna be eliezer he's not gonna be the heir i mean literally you're actually gonna have a child right um blah 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 see so you have been given me no offspring so one of my servants is going to be my heir. That's kind of the They're so Like what? So my servant's going to be the heir? Is that that's the first thing he says to God? Yeah. Come on, Abram. Yeah. And the Lord comes back and he says, "No, that one shall not be your heir. Your own, your own issue. That's an interesting euphemism for that, isn't it? <laughs> your own, your own issue <laughs> shall be your heir. He does have some issues later on. No, Isaac man, is the, a mess. The dude's got a whole subscription. Oh, oh that's oh. good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, the Lord took Abram outside. Now here. You remember this. I mean, this is we're missing such a crucial piece to this. You have the time of day. So the Lord took Abram outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars if you can. <laughs> if you can. Just so he added, so shall your descendants be. Now, he's already said to Abram, your descendants are going to be like the like the sand on the seashore, right? Unable to be counted. Sand on the seashore. And now a on the seashore. Now he says it's going to be like the stars in the heavens. If you can count them. Count them if you can. Just so, so shall your descendants be. Abram put his faith in the Lord, who credited it to him as a to him as an act of righteousness. Paul's gonna draw out that line later on in the New Testament. But here's the key. If you keep reading, and you you know this whole gig. Totes. If you keep reading what it says in the next maybe two verses later is, then what?
0: Bring me a heifer. <laughs> <laughs> i just went two verses uh, <laughs> a few verses later. yeah yeah yeah. well this is the thing is that he's he's asked to do a sacrifice and then we know that was that, pretty funny that was <laughs> thanks um we know that uh the sun sets so what happens is that we see a sunset come so when yeah. he invites him outside to count the stars <clears throat> it's daytime it's daytime and if you've ever yeah. tried to count the stars at the daytime uh fail town yeah I mean, I mean i can count one star in you can the make an
1: argument for one but the ancients wouldn't have thought about the sun in those terms no they,
0: so because it because it's a it's a uh, yeah whatever well it would be a I, little,
1: yeah it just would have been qualified it's not that they weren't scientifically astute but they just would have talked about it differently anyway yeah. but the, the the animal sacrifice is actually really important because god basically comes back and says okay well abram says i believe you that's credited to him as righteousness because in other words Abraham's faith consists in the fact that God promises him something that he cannot see, yet he trusts that it's there. Just like he looks up, he knows that there's stars there but they're hidden from his eyes. If he can acknowledge that, then God's saying you can also believe that there are descendants like those stars but you cannot see those either. And yes. he's like okay. And so then God yep. takes it a step further and he says just to prove that I'm 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 real that this is true he says okay go get me all these animals and so Abram gets the animals the heifer and the she goat and the pigeons splits them a in sudden, half he like cuts in, a in, coven- half. In, a,
0: in a covenantal sign which basically is saying yeah, um, if this covenant is broken let this be done to me according to what we've done to these animals
1: it's called a self maledictory oath so, so what it means is, so he took the animals, he put them both to the side, but then he had to do something really gross. You can remember they, they had sandals or bare feet in those days, and there was no yep. hiking boots. So you had to cut the animals in half and create a path down the middle, and then normally the two parties, if they were making a covenant, they would walk through the cut animals and get all the blood and the guts and stuff on their feet, Yeesh. because you'd really remember that. That would be a memorable thing. Yep. And like you said, yeah, you'd be saying, if I'm not faithful to this, may I be like these animals. It's... It's um. Can you think of an example of a self-maledictory oath that we all said when we were kids? Cross my heart, hope it dies. Hope a, to
0: die. Stick a needle in my eye. That's a self-maledictory. If I oath. die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. That's a different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not the same thing. It's not the same one. <laughs>
1: But we do have examples of this. So yeah. it's, I think it's just common in, in the human heart. May I be like that if I'm not faithful? Now, here's the irony. Who passes through the animals? Uh, God himself, actually. Who does not pass through the animals? Abraham. So if this Abram. is a covenant between Abram and God, Abram actually doesn't take part in it. What be- God is saying is, I'm going to take on both parts of this covenant. That's yep. how faithful is. That's how much you can trust me. Yeah, which is intense and he
0: passes out. (laughs) (laughs) He he totally does. (laughs) I'm out. He's like he's like dunzo. (laughs) Dunzo. Come on, Did you I just do, say dunzo? Dunzo, man. I've been oh, doing college ministry for a long time. I don't man. think that's related to college <laughs> ministry. <laughs> yeah, yeah you know, The honest. sick part is that's probably true. That's just me being totally awesome.
1: Oh, indeed. Now, okay, here's the thing. So this is this beautiful moment. Animals are cut in half. There's self-maledictory. So God, God alone is saying, Abram, if I'm not faithful, may I be like, like these animals? And you might say to yourself, well, wait a second. It's God how can God be cut in half like animals, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And the answer is, exactly. Yeah. He can't. So that's how you know he must be faithful because it's not even possible for this to happen. Yes. So he says, that's how you know you can trust me. Yeah. Now, Abram witnesses. I mean, he sees God in the form of a cloud pillar going through cut fart animals. That's a pretty big deal. Guess what he does next?
0: Uh, let me, let me I mean,
1: hear. next in the general, what's the next like major part of the story? Don't look, but you remember this
0: well isn't then then we have the the promise of, of the incident oh the as we like to call it when uh, <laughs> he he loses faith in this and then bears uh ishmael with an uh, somebody other than his wife yeah yeah he, dude he, which is so weird he like loses faith immediately pretty soon it's pretty quick
1: now it's ironic it, see here's the thing these readings i i i was having fun juxtaposing the reading from Sirach with the reading from Genesis, the two (laughs) options. Because Sirach is all about how wonderful mothers and fathers are and their authority is right and they're good and they're to be honored and respected, all of which, of course, is true. But then you get the second option, which you have this mother and the father who are just lousy and they do everything (laughs) wrong. But maybe that's part of the the beauty of this belief and what we have is that we know we're sinful. We're human beings. We fall. Honor is due anyway. We were just talking beforehand about, you know, just... I was talking about an argument I got into with my parents when I was 15 years old. <laughs> and it's just funny. I mean, that's we're weak. We're we're weak. We we don't do things right. I, I mean, if my kids look back and all the ways that I failed them, I hope they can still maintain some semblance of honor and respect for me. That's the Christian calling. Yeah. Is not to, you know, be doormats and not to— just sit sit back and be abused and be like, whatever. It's to say, wow, I recognize that even though we're all fallen, I still give you honor because you are my priest, because you are my mom and dad, because you are my spouse, whatever it is, despite yeah. all of our You are my
0: friend. Yeah.
1: It's just it's just kind of a cool way of viewing this. Because again, this sort of whitewashes the situation with Abram and Sarah because you don't see in the next scene it's actually Abram well, it's actually Sarah who approaches Abram. Sarai, who approaches Abram and says, hey, I'm sick of waiting around. You should go find my maidservant, Hagar, and then you should, you know. Blah, blah,
0: blah. Then we should have a, what is it? um uh oh shoot when you bear somebody else's child kind of thing it's uh oh yeah a, um, it happened on friends remember yeah 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 it's a, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's a, a terrible point of reference it's a terrible uh, oh what is it, it called i, I want to say inclemency but that's not the right word um <laughs> not even close <laughs> is that even close we'll figure it out somebody is shouting directly at their ipod right now man oh that's frustrating that's okay so we'll but anyway, anyway. we skip all of that and we go directly to isaac being born well, and Sarah being sort of honored in
1: the text. The Lord took note of Sarah, which is what? this is six chapters later. <laughs> the Lord took note of Sarah as he said he would, and he did for her as he promised. And Sarah became pregnant and bore Abram a son in his old age, uh, at that the time of the Lord, at the time that the Lord had stated, and Abram gave the name Isaac to the son to the son of him, who Sarah bore him. This I, I wish I had it in my notes in front of me. This is many, many, many years later, and actually when, you know, Abram does this thing out of wedlock, does the whole thing with Hagar. Well, first of all, the scriptures are so interesting in the way that there's layers of meaning on top of each other. Yes. What was one of the first things that Abram did wrong in the story? Do you remember? Don't remember. He went down to Egypt. Remember, there was a famine in the land. Yep. God says, just follow me. He says, I'm going down to Egypt because that's where there's food. Yep. And then he fell into the whole thing where he he tried to sell off his wife, you know, because he didn't want to risk being in trouble because she was so pretty. And then he brings a plague on the house of Pharaoh, just all sorts of terrible things. Yeah. Now, who does he have the affair with? Hagar. Where did Hagar come
0: from? Must have been Egypt, I'm betting. She's Egyptian.
1: How do they have an Egyptian maidservant? Well, they obviously acquired some stuff while they were down there, right? So the fact that they even have this maidservant in their house comes from the fact that Abram was actually unfaithful in very little things at the very beginning of the story. Little things lead to big things. Big things lead to huge things. And then there's consequences, right? I just think it's interesting that Hagar wouldn't even be in their household if it wasn't for Abram not listening to God in the first place.
0: Dude, that's wild. Isn't it kind of you interesting? Know, it's wild. And yeah, that what we're seeing, I mean, we have to remember today is Holy Family, and so yep. what we in some sense this sets the context for what the redemption the of original
1: the original family,
0: modern family <laughs> <laughs> um but to, for what the redemption of the family is going to look like. Yeah. Like what
1: I was too busy focused on my own joke. But <laughs> say that again. <laughs> that
0: that we're setting the context of what the redemption of the family is going to look like. Yes. So we have all this context of how yes. how the the real difficulties even from ancient times to the family are. Yeah. And then how even within the midst of of, of um Abram and Sarah are he's going to redeem that even in, uh, approximately. But then we're going to look also to what what it looks like remotely in the in that, which um which, when we see redemption in our own lives, we give thanks to the Lord, and we call on his name. And, yes. And this is where we are in Psalm 105.
1: And that is what's so cool. So if you remember, if we look at the context of what the first reading is all about, it's all about Abram, you know, having his ups and downs, not fully knowing if he should trust or not. God says, I promise you, I'm making a covenant. I'm swearing it to you. Again, Abraham goes through varying degrees of faithfulness to that. But what about God? So this is Abram's response to the covenant. Now, the Psalm 105 give you, gives you God's response, which is the Lord remembers his covenant forever. Before there's any affair with Hagar, before there's this child out of wedlock, before there's all sorts of things, it says the Lord remembers his covenant. And remember, you know, the word in Hebrew for remember, it's the word zakar, which doesn't mean just to, to call to mind or it something. It means to
0: make make present.
1: Yeah, or to act upon Act upon. Or to speak uh, to... Um no, no, you're thinking of anamnesis. Different word. No, this no, is zakar. Z- z-
0: zakar and memoriam and anamnesis are all the same thing in, but in three different languages. So we have is zakar the same thing? Z- zakar is, is the same as Hebrew because it's what we speak of, of Passover. So, mm. so zakar is how we celebrate Passover. Memoriam is the same way we we celebrate the Mass. Anamnesis is what we would celebrate in the Divine Liturgy. I mean, like which is the Mass, but in the East.
1: Well, this makes sense. There's at least three important uses of zakar. I think that relate to what we're so. You can relate it to what's gonna do, happen do in you the Passover. Need, do
0: you need to use my car? Ah, in three important ways. Oh, very good, <laughs> very good. Okay, it's car. So
1: do you remember one of my favorite lines to, <laughs> to point out the meaning of this? In um you remember in the um well, I guess there's two. I'm thinking of the flood with Noah, and okay. then with Moses when the people are enslaved. Okay. So in the flood, remember in the flood? Um Moses or Noah and his family are sitting on the boat with all the animals. I'm right. sure they're stinking this poop everywhere. <laughs> and <sighs> Anyway, there's in there, and there's this line, I think it's in in Genesis 11. It says, God remembered Noah. You remember that? Yes. Do you remember that? Um, You know, you could read that in such a way of like, you know, God scrubbing his kitchen counter. He's like, oh, shoot, I left Noah on the boat with all those animals, right? I should take care of that. That's not what it means. It means God remembered Noah in the sense that now it's the time for him to act. So you can think of it in terms of making something present, but you can also think of it in terms of now is the time for action. So remember the story of Joseph, right? When jo- Joseph and the technical dream coat deal. Yeah, yeah, when yeah, he's I in prison. Okay. And um, he interprets the dreams of the baker and the and the what, the barber? What, the, the two guys in prison with him.
0: The baker, the barber and the candlestick maker.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> but the um, the guy gets out of prison and Joseph's like remember me before the king. In other words, speak on my behalf toward the king. It's the same thing the good thief says to Jesus when he's hanging on the cross. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Don't just not forget me. Speak on my behalf to oh, your father. Yeah, yeah, Remember me in that sense. Make me present in your mind in a certain sense. So it's really rich. So when it says God remembers his covenant forever, he makes that covenant present and he acts upon it. As the faithful judge and king and arbiter, right? Yeah, all oh. of those things, which are which are made present.
0: Okay, dude, but we talked about three ways. So to mem- remember, uh, that's where like, dude, you can't throw it out. Three no, ways I said there's th- three times. Oh, there's three, three instances times. that I was thinking of. Oh, got it, got
1: it. Noah, Joseph, and, and the good thief. I mean, there's more than that. Got those it. Yeah, are yeah, three yeah. instances. Yeah, not three ways. Oh, okay, three instances. man. Sorry, uh, yeah, Not I, to confuse let's... everyone. <laughs> I don't
0: Bishop,
1: know what, I don't know what I, that, that. Bishop Morlino when he was up in Montana. I'm sure he does this in Wisconsin, but he would always begin his homilies by saying, "I'm gonna make seven points and three subpoints." <laughs> like even it would always be these random numbers. How many <laughs> points and then subpoints would be a part of the homily? <laughs> and he was so faithful to them. Yeah. I always do that in class. I'm like, I'm gonna make seven points, and I make. 18 or, or a 3. <laughs> the
0: worst. I, dude, I, 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 I don't like signposting too much because. Uh, I the, don't
1: want to, but I always do it, and then I'm never <sighs>
0: faithful. I never zakar everyone. Dude, yeah, you never, you keep in mind sense. the thing I'm a doodle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. so we, th- this gets us into Colossians. <clears throat> so. Colossians. One of the things that uh, I took a, a class on the Hollywood musical this last semester and and uh, one of the things is that there was a really strong theme throughout all of the movies that we've been watching uh, since 1929 okay is that um, song heals the family that uh, the the folk musical and and, and so so that, that, there, that there's always a certain sense that um, that's why the Partridge family was so tight that's it. No, like that, like that's actually like, there's something about getting together and singing. So it says, um, so (laughs) let the Lord word of Christ dwell in you on you richly Um, teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. As you sing Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Like there's something powerful about getting together and actually singing songs to God that like, I I think that is really powerful. I think that that's why in, in mass, we, we should always strive to sing the songs that we're singing because we're coming together as a family, as the Holy family would have gotten together and sang Psalms and Absolutely. The, like Jesus and Mary and Joseph would have gotten together and with the rest of the family and they would have sat around the, and, and, and sang. like, I, I always have the kind of vision in my mind of like the Irish gathering, you know, how like, <laughs> like, like there's something about the, the Irish and the, uh, that 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 i see just particularly getting together and 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 being quiet with each other and letting up one another sing and then singing yeah. together so, like these tales these bards songs and hmm. spiritual songs that in and, and i think that there's something so right about the family getting together and singing and hmm. and i i want more of that of because i mean even you and i when we got together when uh, when i mean every it, podcast baby every podcast we sing together see when we're healing the family we got through. all
1: of our singing out before the podcast remember <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah we did because we just remembered so fondly getting together and singing praise and worship that's songs. True. Even though I don't really listen to much praise and worship, but I sure do like singing them. You listen to it when I sing it, baby. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's hard for me to picture my family singing together,
0: <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, that's true. It's hard to picture your family singing together. Not
1: my fam- Not me and my Annie and the kids, but me and my parents and my brother.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's hard to picture.
1: So- Anyway, um, but maybe I should start. I'll but, do it this Christmas. I'll but, just burst into song.
0: Do it, and then, then- There'll be great healing. Yeah.
1: No, I think there would be. Truth.
0: I'm annoying you now. Yes, you are. Oh, oh, am I really? no. Oh, no. Come on, dude. Man, you, I'm the best. I'm not going to take okay, that self-deprecating stuff. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That would abs- have a code like this.
1: Oh. Okay, so here's the thing. In this passage, in chapter three, really the heart of what's going on is is- what it means to be a family in Christ, right? So yeah. it, it it it's it's really Paul giving instructions to believers on what does it look like to do this? So put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If somebody has a grievance, the Lord has forgiven you, you should do it as well. And over all these put on love, that's the bond of con- perfection, the peace of of Christ, to control your heart. So really it, it's it's taking Exactly what we talked about, this idea that families are broken and they're messy and they're difficult because we're fallen humanity. And it's saying, well, guess what? You now, as heirs of the king, you have access to this grace directly from the father that actually enables and empowers you to live something other than what we think we're all sort of stuck with. And so, you know, we have this line that we always say this. We always say whenever we do something dumb, we always have this line where we're like, well, I'm only human, right? We do... Which is the exact opposite of the true theological reality. If we're human beings, it means we're created in the image and likeness of God. If we're Christian human beings, it means we've been infused with divine grace. And so every time we do something, we're actually making ourselves less and less human. We're straying from who we actually um, are. Yeah. The reality is something different. Abram and Sarah, yeah. when they fall into these grave sins, they're being less human than God made them to be. I'm we're only to be more- human.
0: But then but then we can think of the band The Subhumans, which are more accurate to what right. sin does for right. us. Right.
1: That's it. That's totally it. But then he <laughs> –
0: <laughs> this whole
1: section ends with um, – it's one of those passages that people get uncomfortable with. It says, wives, be subordinate to your husbands. <gasps> That's Uh-oh. a tricky one, as is proper in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and avoid any bitterness toward them. Children, obey your parents and everything.
0: This um, is the the nud the nudging homily where everybody. <laughs> I, I actually, but,
1: but there's something for everyone to nudge. Yeah, yeah. That's what's kind of cool, though.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It well, this you know what's really funny is that uh, 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 some members of the parish there uh, they got in an argument with their teenage son. Oh no! And uh, it was it was pretty bad. And did the, he say, "Father, do not provoke your children"? The son came back and opened the scripture and, and, and showed it to his dad and said, "Father, you're provoking me." <laughs> I was like. I was like, dude, that's bold. How old is this kid? Uh, Is it that same kid who fell asleep during the podcast? No, it is a different kid. This this one is, um, gosh, I I want to say 13, 14. Holy mackerel. I know. I was like, boom.
1: But that's the thing. There is, I mean, we we, got to be careful thinking that these are all, uh, they're not mutually exclusive. You know, it's not as if oh, I don't know, if if my parents provoke me, I, I'm not supposed to obey them anymore. I mean, you know, it's not that. No, not at but all. But at the same time, there is sort of this assumption that, you know, here's the thing, and th- this is what I say whenever people question me on things like this, or, you know, the similar one in Timothy that says, wives be subordinate to your husbands, husbands love your wives. Oh, Ephesians 5, I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. The church always, because what we want to do, the the human mind, I don't know if it's it's modernity or what, we always want to think in terms of the most negative possible consequence. What if it's an abusive husband who does this? What if it's a terrible father yes, who's going true. to be abusive to his children? The church doesn't lay these things out in, in, in terms of the worst possible scenario. She lays it out in terms of the best possible scenario. And well she's said. saying, look, in the ideal world— Wives, yeah, be subject to a husband. Be subject to a husband who is going to love you as Christ loved the church. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, assuming that your wife is going to be subject to that kind of love that you want to give them. Children, obey your parents because you should know that ideally they have your best interests at heart, etc., etc. Totally. She always operates in the ideal, and we as human beings, we want to pick it apart and find the worst possible outcome totally. for these things. But that's not how the church is thinking. And she's saying, no, of course wives shouldn't be abused. Of course children shouldn't be talked down to. Obviously. Yes. We're talking about this is the ideal of the Christian life. This is what we should strive to. Yes. This is what you should hold yourselves to. Yes. And I don't think it's it, it'd be hard to argue with that to me. Yes, wives, be submissive to your husbands. Let your husbands love you as Christ loved the church. Be subject to that kind of love. Husbands actually love them that way and do those things. Don't be doormats to each other.
0: Yep, die do- do- yourself, but love, but it, but with tooth, real reality. Right. Don't be a doormat and
1: don't be domineering. I mean, yeah. you could phrase this in the opposite senses as well, but the church always strives for the for the ideal, and I think that's a beautiful um, perspective to put out there. We should strive for that. But again, we always pick this apart and we hear it and it hits our ears weird and mass because we always think of the worst possible scenario. Yep. And I don't think that's fair. It's not fair to the text, frankly. Nope. And it's also not fair to Paul because then we want to put it in him and be like, Well, Paul doesn't understand reality, he doesn't understand marriage or blah, blah because he's stupid and naive and blah, massive you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we totally. do that. Totally. Of course he does. Of course he understands it. That's why he's pointing out this is how you ought to live. Yes. Probably because you're not living that way as it is. Uh, yes. Anyway, that's my little soapbox for the day.
0: Well, Until okay. we get to the gospel.
1: And now then we're- we'll on another
0: one. Now we're- Well, dude, hey, b- bring on the soap, man. No, well, I
1: don't have a soapbox on this
0: one, but I, I do have either. lots of interesting background. <laughs> <laughs> you're such a dork. I love you're you. You're a dork. Thanks. Oh. I am a dork. The, the, hit me. Um- Shut up about my. I just um, I just want to point out that you said I was
1: a Doric as you have a bunch of Ewoks sitting uh, stuffed Ewoks sitting on a shelf
0: across from me and you. a Cabbage Patch doll hugging <laughs> Mary, which is which is that Cabbage Patch doll comes oh. from the flood last year, so it's a sentimental item. Did it like float down the road? No, no. So we were. I don't know how we ended up in like the the uh, the um, lost and found closet, but somebody found a Cabbage Patch doll. Oh. And then, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, and then they made this video of like the cabbage patch doll, and so. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I kept, I kept that because of course you did. It reminds me. It's my like memento from the flood. Oh
1: boy. And probably all the bills that you had to pay to fix the oh, millions of dollars of damage on we, the church.
0: It's a couple, of few hundred thousand. Two hundred thousand. Sorry, that's not that bad. I like to exaggerate. Yeah.
1: Uh, when the days were completed for the purification, according to the law of Moses. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Luke chapter 2. This is the beginning of Luke. This is just after the birth of Christ. Oh. Technically, it's 40 days after the birth of Christ. Oh. Because the purification, the period for purification of a woman after the after giving birth would be 40 days. So, after those 40 days were complete, according to the law of Moses, they went up to Jerusalem. So, the Holy Family took Jesus, when he was 40 days old, to be presented to the lords it's what we call the presentation right it's one of the, the what is it joyful mysteries
0: yeah yeah which, which is uh which is what we would do for the priesthood because everybody the firstborn would give them so- did i just take your point
1: yeah you're in the process of taking it
0: yeah well build it up because right, you're such right. no, a good teacher cool. that no, i want you to like uh, i want you to, to do that but but what happened yep. is that is that when the levitical priesthood um was established we well and gosh, remind me of exactly how that that mechanism is. It's an important. Is. It's an important thing. So yeah, give me that mechanism.
1: Um, in the beginning, in the beginning of Israel, He's the right nation right. of Israel, who were the priests?
0: The uh, firstborn.
1: Every firstborn male son, what well, male son? Every firstborn son, sons are usually males, <laughs> but every firstborn son was the priest of the family. So that meant yeah. every family had the potential to have a priest as just part of the part of the part of the uh, furniture. <laughs> it's so loud. Um, which in, in you know, I, th- this, this all began before the idea of systemic and ritualistic animal sacrifice. So, I mean, a priest is just the one who is the conduit between God and man, who's the one to teach and to
0: lead the others,
1: um, lead the other siblings to, to God. right? Which,
0: which, which can, I, which can I just point out? I mean, it's, oh. it's like the, the oldest, the oldest trick um, in the book son is always a little intense for a family for the other siblings oh yeah just imagine if they had that that place like continuously that's kind of that's what? intense relationally and honestly <gasps> look, if you look look look, look. <gasps> it's snowing it's snowing we were just having a conversation oh, it's so happy. sorry
1: everyone i'm so excited <laughs> we got what i consider to be the worst thing on earth which is very cold weather Right before Christmas and rain. Oh. Miserable. But now it's final. We've had a just dry winter and I want the snow. Yep. So. Sorry, I thought you literally saw a bear out the window when you (laughs) responded that way.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I just, we were talking about it earlier, so I just wanted to share with you. I'm so excited.
1: Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) You have no idea. Okay, anyway. What now? Okay, the priest of the family. Firstborn son, priest of the family. When does that change? Do you remember at what point?
0: Isn't it at the base of Mount Sinai? Yeah. So yeah, yeah.
1: they they go down to Egypt. Um, Moses goes up on the mountain to receive the law. He comes down from getting the Ten Commandments, and the firstborn sons are now leading the worship, the the sinful um, idolatrous, uh, orgy laden worship of the golden calf, one of Israel, one of Egypt's main gods. Um, Aaron is leading it. There's firstborn sons all involved, and basically Moses comes down. And he says, "Hey." Who's going to stand up against this? This is ridiculous. And who stands up?
0: Um, The Levi. Levi. Only the
1: tribe of Levi. Yeah. So one tribe, one of the 12 tribes, they stand up and they say, no, you're right. This is unacceptable. We can't do this. We serve God and God alone. They slaughter 3,000 of their kinspeople. And all of a sudden, the priesthood transfers from the firstborn son to the Levites. So the firstborn sons lose their status of priests because of this. Wow, it's really coming down. It's coming down. So they lose their priesthood at that moment. Yes. Um, from that time on, every firstborn son—again, this gets written into law later, like like uh, Luke says— from that point on, every time there's a firstborn son born, the family takes the firstborn son to be presented in Jerusalem in the temple to the Levitical priests. The Levitical priest is paid a tithe and usually given an animal for sacrifice, essentially saying, thank you, here is payment for doing the job that my son was supposed to do, oh. which is just utterly, I mean, the, the presentation is an utterly painful event. I mean, it's ritualistic, so, I mean, they, they just do it, and people you know, probably don't be consciously thinking about it, but that's yeah. what it is. It's saying, here is my payment for doing the job that my son was always born to do, that he can no longer do because of our sin. Wow. It's a sad moment. It's even more profound, I think, that Jesus himself and the Holy Family submit to that.
0: Yeah. Jesus
1: says—because he, here's the thing. Jesus' priesthood not only is going to trump the Levitical priesthood, it's going to trump any priesthood that's ever come before. He is the only begotten firstborn son of the Father, but he is—he's even greater than that. So he doesn't only trump the Levitical priesthood. He trumps the firstborn priesthood. He trumps all of it. He is the priest of priests, the king of kings. And, of course, you know, Catholic theology says that your priesthood. You're only a priest—so— In most of the Old Testament, you were a priest. You you could be ordained a priest based on your status as a Levite. So if you could trace your genealogy however many steps back in the line of Levi on your father's and mother's side. So you were a priest in virtue of your family lineage. Yeah. In the old, you know, before that, you were a priest in virtue of who your father was and the fact that you were a firstborn son of that father. You, Father Peter, are only a priest because you were connected to one, the one and only high priest. Yep. It's not your bloodline. It's not your genealogy. It's not your status of who your dad was. It is because you are united.
0: There's one priest. Yes. And you are his... Um. Minion. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're no, not no. minion. You're, I, I am a I priest in it, only in as much as I am connected to Christ. Exactly. Yeah, like, I just participate in in, well, in in the bishop's priesthood. Yeah, the church would take it
1: even further than that. So the, the apostles, of course, the bishops, yep. root back to the apostles. They are priests. So you're actually technically only a priest in terms of your union with Bishop Aquila, your local bishop.
0: Absolutely. Who is
1: only a bishop in terms of his lineage back to one of the 12 apostles who were given and breathed that authority by Jesus himself. Yeah. Yes. Which is just cool because when then people look at the world and they look at, you know, priest sin or, or you know, people who are just lousy priests or, you know, just whatever, we can say, look, it's not about them. It's about the priesthood of Jesus Christ, of which they are extensions. Yes. But it doesn't all hang on you. It doesn't all hang on our bishop. It doesn't all hang on each individual priest. It all hangs on Jesus Christ. Yes. And if we fall, then we fall. But yes. Jesus stands and his priesthood stands. Yes. And that's just kind of comforting because in the Old Testament, it hung on you. And it hung on your family line. And it hung on your tradition. It hung on who your parents were, et cetera, et cetera. That's a lot of stress.
0: That is a lot of stress.
1: But again— um, the Holy Family submits to all this, and they say, yeah, we will do it. and We will go through these things. And so they give their sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons, which is known to be what the poor would offer. So that's how we know the Holy Family was poor. And then we go on. We, they meet these two uh, prophets, basically, that are up in Jerusalem. There's Simeon, Simeon, who's been waiting for his entire life to see the fulfillment. So, I mean, go back to the psalm for
0: a second. That dude was spicy, man. He was hot. Simeon. Uh, Simeon? Oh, Uh, Simeon, that was uh, yeah, that that was a super stretch. Yeah, it's all right,
1: but the Lord remembers His covenant forever. Simeon understood that the Lord remembers His covenant
0: forever, unto the thousandth generation.
1: Yeah, and He's waiting for the day that that's actually going to come to fruition, and He will see it. And then He holds baby Jesus, forty-day-old Jesus in his arms and he says now my eyes have seen the salvation which God has promised every nation now i can go and die now i can go in peace yeah. because it's arrived finally
0: but, to have the eyes to see that though well he's also speaking on behalf of of the priesthood he absolutely is now uh, this priesthood Wait, is he yeah now well this is the thing is is that now uh, my servant can go in peace. This yeah. is the thing: is the Levitical priesthood is now going to actually it, it can oh, fade. But he, is he
1: a pre- is he a Levite?
0: I don't know. Well, he didn't. He did the didn't he do the bris? The what? The bris? What? Bris the <laughs> circumcision? Oh,
1: <laughs> sorry, you were avoiding that. Uh, does did he?
0: Well, this is the thing: is I, I don't know.
1: Please speak to me. I'm not familiar with
0: um this. He had been looking for the constellation of Israel, uh, and then. His parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law. Oh, so he's so he so he's the one who's enacting the oh. circumcision and the presentation. Wow. So so okay. So I could buy that. So what happens is that is that in some ways he he does what is necessary covenantally for him. Wow. And it's if the, he did the circumcision, that changes everything. And it's the first shedding of the blood of Christ.
1: Wow! I never knew that. You blew my mind. Hey, baby.
0: Wow. You can let the priesthood go in priest. Holy
1: snot. <laughs> Father Peter, I've never seen that before.
0: Actually, I haven't either. I was just making it up as we go. Is it true? Do you think it's true? I think so, because like the the salvation of the peoples and he has prepared this wow. and uh and they marveled and, and so wow. the fall and rising of many in Israel and uh, the thoughts have been, and then so the prophetess Anna. So I've actually never really understood Anna very well, and she's like, just
1: hanging out. I don't know what she's doing there. She, she's, I'm happy she's there, but, but I mean she's probably well. But I, I mean, I there's think, been lots of female prophetesses, yes, well, in the old you know in the Old Testament tradition. But, but, but she's just hanging out
0: but for simeon you no, know, no like this is what he did and so i like oh. i think that he has the permission to do that and wow and, and then the because because what is the sacrifice but the shedding of blood so wow and so in a certain sense there's there's something wild going on there that's, that's, that's pretty bigger cool. than than us and, and him
1: and what's the point though the point is that If you go back to the first reading, what was, I mean, where did all these readings start? They all started up with Abram, this guy who's childless, waiting for his consolation, which was an heir, an offspring. God says, yeah, you're going to have offspring. They're going to be as numerous as the stars in the heaven. What are they waiting for in the New Testament? When is God going to be faithful? When are we going to be fruitful again? When are we going to have a people. Now the heir, the promise, the covenant that God has been speaking about since Genesis 15 has now come, and Simeon answers the question that was on Abram's lips. Abram's question, remember, the very beginning of the readings was, when am I going to have a son? When are we going to have an heir? When is the promise going to be fulfilled? It's not really answered until Simeon says, now, my eyes have seen the consolation. Yes, there's Isaac. Yes, there's a whole string of people after Isaac. That's all true, and that's very real, but there's layers of fulfillment. And it's really Simeon alone who answers the question that Abraham asked. Yes. Which is kind of a cool way to well, package up these readings.
0: Well, yeah, and, and that's where, um, <coughs> it, yeah, for the liturgy of the Hours, we pray it every night before we go to bed, Absolutely. These words.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you let your servant go
0: in peace. Yeah, yeah. And, My um,
1: eyes have seen the... The nuke demitted. It's the Duke
0: Dimittis, and, and so that's where um, we see the holy family. I mean, this is the, the, the question well, of the family is 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 fulfilled in Christ. It is. But it's broader than that, because, I mean, you can again, there's layers to this.
1: You see a family in Genesis. You see the speaking of the family. You see instructions for family life in Colossians. You see the holy family in Luke bringing the child Jesus. But on a deeper level, you see God bringing this promised son to his family, the church, his family, Israel. It's bigger than that. It's not just Mary and Joseph who have a kid. They do. But God is giving this, this, this promised offspring, this promised heir, to the entirety of humanity who's been groaning out and saying, How long, oh Lord? Mm. When will you come to us? Mm. When will you give us the fulfillment? We are the family. Yes, the Holy Family is the family. Yes, Mary and Joseph are the ones that we think about. But it's bigger than just them. They're not just getting a child. We're all getting a
0: child. Yes.
1: And we gotta change those diapers, baby.
0: And and that is the car. That is that is the car. That is God
1: remembers his covenant, which means he acts upon it and he makes it literally present. present.
0: Wow. That's pretty cool.
1: Take Thanks for
0: listening. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Well, well played. Likewise. You guys, uh, welcome to the new year.
1: Welcome to not not yet. Yet. Not almost.
0: Yet. Almost. Not quite. I don't even. We're not even at Christmas. I don't even. Where well, are we at are Christmas? You, they're at Christmas. Yeah, yeah, you
1: yeah. guys are at Christmas. So I bet it was a <laughs> I hope it was a lovely one. Hope nobody got into fights at the family dinner table. <laughs> Although it would be biblically accurate to get you a fight. Hopefully reconcile later on. So, so live out the covenant. That's fine.
0: Yep. Get into and, fights. And, and we hope that you uh, took the turkey and cut it in two and put some incense between it. <laughs> and then walked, threw it on the ground and walked between <laughs> it. Perfect. Perfect. You guys are the best. Have uh, have a very, very blessed day. Uh, Christmas. It's still Christmas. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. The In yeah, twem- the first yeah, day of Christmas. Christmas uh-huh. We're going to sing that whole thing right now. Some
1: animals cut in half in Genesis. <laughs> okay, God bless All you. Right, we'll see you in the new year. Okay. Bye-bye. The Word on the Hill is a production of the Aquinas Institute for Catholic Thought here in beautiful Boulder, Colorado, www.thomascenter.org. You can also send us an email at lankyguys at See you next week.